What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Fork Pod. We are so excited. This episode today was with a dear friend of mine, um, Tony Castillo, and he shared, we had intentions of this episode that we just kind of went in a whole bunch of different directions. We got back to the main purpose of the episode to talk about his expertise in sports nutrition um, and supplements, but the episode started with him sharing some really powerful things for the first time about his own body image and nutrition journey and really what brought him into the nutrition space that he's in right now. Um, and it was really powerful to hear as his friend and someone who knows him all of these things for the first time that he shared with us. And we are so grateful for that. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of comical in a sense that we, like before we hit record, we're like, okay, so we're going to release this Super Bowl weekend, like sports <laughs> nutrition. And then like 30 minutes in, I'm like, have you done the body image timeline? And it's like, I'm like, I feel bad. I feel like we took it like a whole counseling route, but he was, he was so vulnerable and so gracious with us. And just the fact that he felt comfortable to share with us. And I, it, I think it's going to help so many, it doesn't really matter your gender, but specifically men, because that's his audience. And it's, not talked about enough. So I think there's, there's a lot of good things. And then the way that this episode ends is so <laughs> different than the way it starts. And we're not going to give away much there. We're there to listen so, on. <laughs> yeah. You really want to make sure you stay till the end because we, it gets wild. <laughs> and Tony, thank you for being, when you listen to this, thank you for being so open with us and for trusting us and allowing your story into this space because it is going to help so many. And we talk about this a little bit in the episode, but eating disorders in men um, is now being talked about more on mainstream TV and on media, but still not enough. So thank you for helping us continue this conversation and just normalizing that human beings have feelings. Um, I think that's really important and that people's words matter. I think that's a big message from this episode as well. Yep. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast, which still sounds so exciting to say, even though we're now in February, um, which is so fun for us. Anyways, we have one of my favorite humans here with us today, Mr. Tony Castillo, who is a brand new girl dad, which we're definitely going to talk about, um, in addition to a registered dietitian who I've known now for like three years, which is crazy to me how fast that time has flown, um, and I refer to Tony as my supplement guru. All of my clients know that if they ask me a supplement question, it goes to Tony Castillo first. <laughs> master at this. And that is why we have him here today to talk about his expertise. Um, plus, I feel like I'm discounting all the other things that you are. So can you give us a little rundown, Tony, before Sammy this or that's you of who you are and what you do? <laughs> That's it. I'm just a supplement guru who's a dietitian and a, and a girl dad. And that's it. Best intro ever. Like, now that I'm a dad, I'm so proud to be a girl dad, just learning so much. Um, and one thing that we said we were going to bring up is just learning from both of you. So before even jumping on this podcast, I asked you both because you're both amazing women who not only have to deal with diet culture, but gone through it and help a lot of women and educate them. I want to make sure as a dad that I can educate my daughter on some things that aren't diet related right? Because with everything out there, and I asked you both, and Sammy said, I used to watch football with my dad and the Steelers, right? That was her thing. So now every Sunday I put on Amaya's little Dolphins jersey. We watch football together and it's just an amazing time. And then Jenna said her dad made her stand in front of a mirror 
and say great things about herself and po body positive things. So one thing I've done every day now for my daughters, I say, I love you, you're so pretty. And actually she's now starting to smile when I say it. So she's starting to notice it. And one day I want someone that my daughter marries to say that to her. And because of what you've told me, I start to say it to my wife every day now because I want her to see me as a role model and the way someone should treat her. That every day you should say you love her. And I, and I love my wife. I think she's beautiful. It's just these small things when you're, you don't know it and you don't notice it. Now that I'm a dad, I just say it because I want my daughter to feel that same kind of love. So, so, now, that everyone, so now that everyone's crying while they... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was so good. But tell everybody a little bit more about you. Yeah. So my journey into dietetics, I guess, and a little bit about me is that when I was younger, I was picked on because of my weight. Um, I started to share this a little bit more is that I had man boobs and I was very sheltered. I always wore like extra large shirts. There was pool parties growing up and I went to the beach living in Florida. I'd always wear shirts in and I'd be made fun of. And I just had a lot of body image issues. Um, my family is Hispanic and the Hispanic culture is very much picking on body positive issues. And my grandma would always say, oh, what, do you need to wear a bra? And even now to this day, um, I have a daughter and she says to me, what, do you, are you the one that's giving um, breast milk to your daughter? And it's still a thing to this day that I have to understand, experience and handle, right? So that's what got me into nutrition, like having these body positive image issues or not body positive image issues, just body image issues. And my grandma even telling me, learning that I was a dietitian, every time I go eat with her, she's like, oh, don't you need to eat your rabbit food? It's still a thing, right? Like eating fruits and vegetables. I'm glad she notices that I do that, right? But at the same point in time, that's kind of what started my whole diet, culture, understanding nutrition thing. So middle school, high school, high school, I played on the football team. I was a defensive lineman. I was weighing 250, oh, I was weighing um, excess weight uh, in my head, right? I was a big guy and I didn't know what I needed to do to change that because I was being made fun of because of those things. So I found a bodybuilder friend, gave me a meal plan, lost the weight, thought it was all great, groovy. Then college came and I fell into a binge drinking, binge eating cycle. I tried all the diets, all the supplements, had every friend everywhere say, try this supplement, it'll help you lose weight. Try this supplement, it'll help you gain muscle. Um, I even tried skinny teas, even though they were um, put at women. I was like, if it's for women, it's gotta work for guys too, right? Why can't I have skinny tea? So I tried everything. And it just didn't work. Then eventually I got my master's in nutrition, which I'm so happy I did. Did my internship, worked at the University of Florida. Then I went on to work with the Toronto Blue Jays as a dietitian. And I learned so much more about how food impacted me. And I learned how to break that body image issue I had growing up by looking how athletes ate to perform better, not to look better. And that really helped break it up for me. And now when I hear those comments from my grandma, they still hurt. It's not that they don't. I always say that, but I'm able to manage it better. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. And we'll definitely, definitely be digging deeper into everything that you just said. But before we do that, we, I like how Jenna used it as a verb before Sammy, this or that. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm going to use it as a verb. We're going to this or that you right now. Um, so some of these are, I guess we're recording right now in December, but this isn't being released right now. For those listening, it's February, but I, we have these questions in the holidays and I still want to ask some of them. So are you more of a pumpkin spice or a, a chocolate peppermint kind of person? Pumpkin spice all day. I'm basic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally agree with that. Are you a crunchy or soft shell taco guy? Ooh, soft shell. Love it. Love it. Are you a guac or queso guy? Guac. I don't know why. I just love avocados better. That's yes. a great ad. Yes. <laughs> love that one. Um, we got to go back to one of our OG questions. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Oh, yeah. Crunchy. I know you're okay. smooth, but crunchy, yes. Jenna. Yes. I remember you're... from the last one. <laughs> you're like, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was a point of distinction for me to remember. Yes. I was like, oh, wait, how do I answer this? Both? I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> um, since we have um, Valentine's Day right around the corner, are you more of like a homemade sentimental gift guy? Or are you a big fancy date night, like lavish date night kind of guy? Definitely homemade. I want to make something that's going to last. Um, things that are big showcase last for the moment, but don't last forever. So 
I want to make something my, my wife will remember and my daughter, not just something for the moment. I love, I love that. that. And I think it's like the, sim- <laughs> the simple moments in life are always the things that we look back on. And, you know, anybody who's lost a loved one, like you look back and it's the simple moments, I think, that are so cherished and, and so beautiful. So I think that is amazing. All right. Last question here. If you could have one thing and limitless quantities, but it can't be money for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? love so I can give it to everyone and we can all enjoy each other's presence around each other and not be surrounded by so much negativity, right? I, I, that's just how I feel because I see there's so much lack and compassion. And I think if we all just loved one another, loved ourselves, we could help each other be better humans. Yeah. Again, the tears just keep <laughs> flowing on this episode. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. And I just want to go back before we go forward, you know, one thing that, so this is us. I, I watch that show. I don't know if you guys do, but previously before they took like a little break, cause they're filming during COVID times, they just started talking about male eating disorders on a recent episode and not saying that your history is eating disorder, but there's definitely some disordered eating patterns that were oh, there. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes the male audience is not spoken about or connected to the message that's shared oftentimes about disordered eating. And so just thank you for bringing light to the fact that the diet culture message impacts more than just women, Um, which I think is now being more talked about. But on that episode, Kevin, the character, um, just like kind of shared about how his dad kind of pushed him to exercise when he was younger. He then became an actor and his body was all he had. And, you know, dieting and exercise to an extreme and really the mental impacts of that for him um, were huge. And so thank you for bringing that up in your own story as well. Do you see that a lot in your practice? Absolutely. A lot of guys, um, I work with a lot of males and then Hispanic males as well. They all resonate with that message because they all come up with that body image issues. And the thing is with guys, we never tend to ask for help. We always think we can do it ourselves. And that's one thing I've noticed as well. Like a lot of these guys come in with, all right, I wanna get like shredded and ripped. And it's like, hold on, let's have a real conversation. Is that what's gonna make you happy? Like, what are you actually trying to do? And it's a whole disordered eating past that we see, right? Especially when we hear like, oh, I've been doing fasting. I had one guy come to me and be like, I only eat one meal a day. And I was like, why? <laughs> Great question. And he's like, well, I'm trying to perform better. And I'm like, um, so binge eating all at once is what you think is going to help you perform better all day. That doesn't really make sense. And I've tried fasting in the past when I was younger before getting a dietetics degree. And I learned that that's not what helped me. That's just disordered eating, hiding itself in some other mask. Like, yes, there are um, some athletes I've worked with that practice religious reasons like Ramadan that they couldn't eat. So that makes a hundred percent sense. If it's for religious reasons, we find a way, but it shouldn't be a lifestyle. And with what I, the way I ate and I was in a fraternity in college and I just could see a lot of the guys I would be around had a lot of similar issues. And sometimes with guys, the body image, body image issues, we hide it with drinking. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys do that, especially in college, right? We're just drinking, we're tailgating. Like we don't even talk about those kind of things. And a lot of the shows we see now, we see guys with their shirts off and now it's all different body types, but before it was just ripped guys. So that was like the male equivalent of like what you needed to look like. And that's why a lot of guys feel that pressure, but we don't share it because if we share and we open up, it's vulnerable and it's, it's scary. Absolutely. And I think you had a a huge point there of, you know, whether it's, men, women, non-binary, you know, however people identify that you think like, if I just get to this weight, if I just look this way, like everything's going to be like happy, go lucky. I'm going to be loved. I'm going to be worthy. I'm going to be accepted. I think it was Caroline Dooner, the author of the fuck it diet that said this, but I can't remember and I need to figure it out. (laughs) But I saw a quote one time that someone said, you can't hate your way to happiness. Love that quote. And it's just, it's so valid when we're talking about body image because body image has everything to do with our brain and nothing to do with our body. And so if we're just like hating, 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 and even if we are losing weight in the process or get to the smaller body or get to the abs or whatever it is, 
we look in the mirror and we don't just magically wake up and say, I love my body now. That's not how it works. And so many, and I'm sure you guys can relate so many clients that even if they've gotten to that magical goal weight or whatever the hell it was, they say it's not enough. And so did you experience any of that, Tony, or or anything like that? Absolutely. Like I would step on the scale multiple times a day to see what would happen. Um, When I was at my lowest weight, I was doing clean eating, right? But at that same term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Heavy air quotes. And just to like be 100% open and honest, when I was in college, when I lost that weight, I remember, well, I don't remember because I was blacking out so much. I was drinking a lot. And one thing my friends, they would look back on, they're like, oh, how'd you lose so much weight in college? Oh, that's right. Because you wouldn't eat anything and you just polish off a bottle of Maker's. And I'm like, holy crap, like that's how I was remembered because that's what I would do. And I would starve myself and I'd wake up the next day, like hung over, dehydrated and go for a workout. And eventually that led me to break my foot. Mm. And I had never broken a, a bone in my life up until that point. Cause I was under fueling, drinking and just worried about how much I weighed. And when I, when I played it off, cause I broke my foot at Halloween, I was dancing. I don't even remember it. Like i I woke up the next day to go to the bathroom and I put my foot down. I was like, Oh, that hurt. That's not what should feel like. And then I had to go to a hospital and I played it off. But then I was in my head. I just kept thinking to myself, Oh my God, the scale is going to go up. Oh my God, all this progress I've done. What's going to happen to it. And wait, I've gained weight. I've lost weight. What's it look like? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my body? Oh my God. Like all these things just came in because I was just so worried about it. And I, didn't like the way I looked and then breaking my foot didn't make it any better. I was like, how am I going to get into the gym and do like two hours of cardio, even if it's just walking? And the doctor's like, well, you shouldn't be walking. You shouldn't be doing anything. You should be resting. Right. And sometimes when the body needs rest, we do the exact opposite. And a lot of people I've worked with that are injured people, they come to me like, all right, I need to be on a calorie deficit. And I'm like, no, you need to nourish your body. So it heals. You should not be trying to lose weight, especially if you're injured right? Because now you're going to make that injury history just take longer to repair itself, if at all, in a good way. And that was tough for me to learn. That was tough for me to understand, right? Having that body image issue and hating the way I look, to be honest, because not that any of my friends were ripped, but I saw myself putting myself at a higher standard. And the way I would do it is by hiding behind alcohol. And then on the cheat days or cheat meals, so wake up, do the cardio, go drink all day the next day, just binge eat. And to be honest, I, I could eat like a whole pizza, a burrito and a burger and not feel like anything because I would restrict myself so much and hated myself for it. And I'd miss out on so many memories with my friends that I could have just had wings. I was like, no, no, I got to have this container of food, right? Instead of just being happy with the way I was and being happy around my friends, which is where I am now. If I want to go have a beer, I can go have, well, not because of COVID, but if I want to have a beer, I can have a beer, right? Like if I want to have a slice of pizza, I can have a pizza and not worry about it and not hate myself. Like I look at myself in the mirror now and I absolutely love myself because I know that I'm feeling myself for what I want to do and what I perform and the kind of activities I do. And I just feel happy with myself. And it's not about losing weight anymore. It's just about being happy with who I am and how am I performing? Thank you. So much for sharing all of that. I know it can be hard to talk about. Do you feel like it's hard for you to talk about still? Or do you feel like because it's your life's work and what you're passionate about, like, is this your first time sharing this much detail or are you just that good of a storyteller? No, no way. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like this is like, you've rehearsed this. This is, this is definitely like the first time I've shared so much and it's definitely difficult to share. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's when you get on to talk with, some beautiful ladies like yourself, it does help because you're both open and available and ready to listen, right? And it's tough being a guy hearing that. Like, there's not a lot of guys that want to sit and talk. I was thinking about the other day, like, if I talk to my guy friends, I'm like, oh, how's, how's the team doing? Like, we're talking about maybe a football game or something. And how's your day going? Awesome. All right. Talk to you later. That's about it. It's not like, hey, what else is going on in your life? Because it's just tough. We aren't trained that way. We aren't taught that way. Even with my dad, it's like, I love him. Sometimes we have heart to hearts, but it's very superficial conversations because it's just tough to dig under and understand and be open with each other. Wow. But I feel like it's people like you. I know Desi, we had on one of our previous, that I know you guys are both really good friends with. Like you guys are absolutely like a rare gem of a male dietitian 
that understands how painful diet culture is. And I, I really thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for being so vulnerable because we need more men in this space um, that are talking about this and breaking down barriers. So men feel okay to step forward and to talk about this. Oh, now, and it scares the crap out of me, to be honest, like, especially saying the word man moves. I think I've said it four times already. Like for me to say it that many times in a day, like something's got to be going on, right? Like it, I'm not triggered or anything by it, but it, it is emotional for me to say that because of what I went through and growing up with and being made fun of by classmates. Um, I, I remember a moment in high school where I was put in a bathroom with two other dudes and they were like poking fun at me, like poking my body. And I got into a physical altercation just to get out of it, right? Because that's how much I didn't enjoy being made fun of. Like I pushed myself out and got out, right? Like nothing happened. No one got like hurt or anything, but it did get physical. Like we pushed each other like, hey, get out the way. But that's just the way it is for guys. That's what we're taught, that it's okay to do that, right? Just, Just boys being boys, as they say. And a lot happens that we keep to ourselves and we never really open up about. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? No. Okay. Hopefully. So if you don't ask me questions, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, you know what? Hey, good talk, guys. I'll see you later. Appreciate you having me on. I guess, I guess what I meant by that is to dig a little deeper into this. I'm, I'm so intrigued. Like, have you ever sought any type of body image therapist or counselor? Or is all of the healing that you've done like self-work? Self so when I was younger... By younger, I mean under 13, I did have a therapist. Um, my parents got divorced. Both my parents have depression. And I was having thoughts about taking my life. I didn't know what was going on in my life to be 100% open with you. And that therapist didn't really do it for me, right? So I never went again because that was the one experience I had and it was never good. Now I'm at a better place where I'd be way more than open to talking to someone, right? But what I learned was that interacting with some of the active individuals that I worked with, especially in the pro sports and with the collegiate sports, it helped heal me because it really did shift my mind. It wasn't like how many calories are in the slice of pizza. It's like, all right, I'm having pizza. What's the effect of that on me? Right. And that's really what helped heal my body image issues is by seeing other guys go through it, but not as deep seeing other guys go through it and not worry about it. And it was like, how are they mastering this? Like, how are they doing this? And I can't, what's the thing that's different. And it was literally just looking myself in the mirror and just being happy with it. Right. And one of the first things I did when I started to start my journey in nutrition was I started working out. And the one thing I wanted to do was be like, uh, what's his name? Terry Cruz, the guy that can move his chest muscles. So I literally sat in the mirror <laughs> After working out, no joke in high school, just looking at my man boobs and being like, all right, if you can move them, it's muscle. If you can move them, it's muscle. That's it. I remember the first time I did it and I was like, problem solved. But then I would go back later and be like, no, the problem's not really solved. That's just a bandaid on what you need to heal, like being happy with yourself. And it was more understanding that if I did, and when I was at my lowest weight, I wasn't happy. So I knew it wasn't because of my lowest weight. If I had a six pack abs, it's not what's going to help me. And being a male dietitian, for me, I feel like when I first started my private practice, the only way I would get clients is if I had six pack abs. So honestly, that was, I kind of got triggered when I first started my private practice again, because I thought, all right, all these people on Instagram, the only way they're getting clients is if they're shredded. And then I found out I can be myself, be happy with myself and not go down that path again to please others, but to really please myself. And if I could be confident in myself, I can share my confidence with others. That was very powerful. And before Sam asks her next question, I, I just have to say, I relate to so much of what you're saying. I remember in my, one of my very dark days, um, I was having a really bad body image day. And I remember my husband who we were fighting constantly at the time um, saying to me, is your business based off of your body? And I'm like, of course not. Like, why would you say that? Like, I went to school for all of these years. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, then why, like, why are you doing this to yourself? Whatever 
you know, exercise, whatever I was doing at the time. And I said, I remember breaking down and saying like, but if I don't look like this, how will I get a client? And that was five years ago, maybe like really not that long, maybe four, um, really in hindsight, it feels like it doesn't feel like yesterday. Thank God. <laughs> like It's not a lot of time, but I, I thank you for bringing that up and sharing that because it's something that like, I remember to this day, like, no, like that's, this is not, that's not what this is about. Um, but hearing your perspective on that as well is just, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing that. Cause I think that's something so many dietitians can relate to. And I know even, you know, being exclusively an intuitive eating dietitian, I get DMS all the time from RDs to be in larger bodies saying like, can you provide me with other dietitians that live in a larger body? Because I don't, I have so much shame going into this profession that like, I, I don't know if I can do it. And there for anybody listening, there are multiple, multiple accounts and humans of all shapes and sizes that, you know, are dietitians, but that's such a valid thought and fear. And it's, it's so tough. And it's something that we need to continue to break down those barriers. Um, but what I was thinking about when you were telling your story and you too, Jenna, and Jenna, you may have done this going through Evelyn's certification with intuitive eating, but from a body image perspective, something I'll have clients do is, you know, put your name in the middle of a piece of paper draw a circle around it and basically doing like a flow chart or a timeline of every single comment, statement, nonverbal cue that you have heard in your lifetime about your body or about bodies in general. So I basically call it like a body image timeline or flow chart. And I know you've been so open and sharing with us about like your grandmother, it sounds like was a very, you know, influential piece in this body image timeline of yours. But to be able to branch off and say, you know, grandma, mom, dad, coaches, siblings, exes, spouse, partners. I mean, it could be a rant, like those stupid little dweebs in gym class that were posting you or you know, whatever it is. And I'll do this with clients and they'll be like, you know, Johnny Smith in sixth grade. And they're like, I don't even know if, like what he's doing in life, but like, it so vividly sticks out to them because we were not brought into this world trying to change our body or hating our bodies, our relationship with our body comes from those outside external influences. So I would be so intrigued to see like what your body image timeline looks like and, and what that brings up for you. And, yeah. but it I'll sounds- definitely do it. I love that. Cause got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. Um, Cause I read through I, that with one of my clients and it was such a great book. So I always recommend it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely try that activity out. So many clients to Tony Castillo because I know you do that work and you also specialize, which we will get to in the yes. <laughs> as well. I'm uh, glad we're talking about supplements. <laughs> yeah. Something happened. It must be the tea I'm drinking. I don't know. Sorry. Oof. It's good. It's such a safe space, and our audience will connect with this so much. And you know, I think that that body image timeline, Sam, I have my client, Brie, body image with Brie taught me that in one of her supervisions that I took, um, over the summer, uh, as a tool for clients and I've done it. And there's a lot of things that come up for me that I'm like, oh, I only knew where this kid was, now. <laughs> but you know, the reality is, is that people don't recognize these comments as trauma. And I think the word trauma is really scary. I think when we had Sam, your therapist, Katie on here, we talked about how trauma is a really scary word, but it can be just a statement from somebody that has this like lasting impact on you that you never really uncover, you know, what that impact was until you allow yourself to feel whatever it makes you feel. Um, and so I try not to use the word trauma. I think Janine, who we've also had on here calls them like little T traumas because they're like little, um, statements that can really have a lasting impact. But the, this, once we can start to realize that body image comments and the way people act in when we're much younger around our bodies, like it stays with us until we're ready to face it head on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Deep. Deep stuff. <laughs> Didn't know we were getting into body image today. We threw a curveball at you, Tony. Um, but I think Speaking it's of curveballs. We'll bring it back to yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Throwing just to kind of end it all, in a yeah. sense, like even recently, I did a talk um, 
for a therapist group that I work with with people with depression. And the, the therapist that reached out to me to do the talk, he said to me recently, he knows I just had a daughter. He's like, man, your daughter isn't letting you eat. You look um, emaciated. And I was just like, in front of everyone, like right before I gave the talk. And I was like, thank you so much. All right, guys. So let's kind of jump into this talk because it's like, thanks for commenting on how I look sick in front of people. I'm going to educate on nutrition and help them know that there's a link between like nutrition and depression and how some things can help. Like how, and it was a guy to guy in front of others and how normalized it is to say that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's, yeah. It's huge. It's verbiage, verbiage, and like those even nonverbal cues, like is so big in the body image space. And yeah, it's never okay to comment on somebody's body. Like, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Right. And going into sports, I was always like, oh my God, I need to look a certain way. So not even private practice. When I was working in sports, like there's big linemen, there's uh, wide receivers who are just pure muscle. And I was like, oh my God, who, how do I need to look like for them to believe me? Because if I don't look the part, how are they going to trust me to help them fuel? So it was always that in my head. And when I noticed that they didn't care what I looked like, but the information I provided was what was important, that is what mattered. I could look like what I, an animal, let's say. I could be an animal, a little animal, and they don't care as long as I help them perform better. I've been really watching um, a lot of Marvel movies, and whenever you say "and," I just picture Rocket from Guardians of Guardians the Galaxy. Galaxy. I don't know why, but that's just what I picture. So I'm a he's raccoon. So All right, good. good. Perfect. Good. And he's so funny. It's so good. Eat but, carbs. <laughs> so when so moving into that sports space, I know that. There are eight, my dog is having a meltdown. I'm sorry if you heard that. Um, I know that there are tons of questions that we get from people about what is worth it to take, if anything, and you know what to look for in a supplement. Like I said, I think there are some supplements that could be great for certain people. I don't ever just blanket recommend them. I do use some myself. I will say that out loud. Um, the omega-3s that I take are per Tony Castillo's recommendation. (laughs) But besides that, like if you could share some tidbits about what to know about choosing a supplement, what would be like your top tip? Well, I'm sure we all say this. You can't out supplement a bad diet. So making sure you eat food first. I'm all about a food first approach. I'm sure we all are on here. Um, Going through my past, I've taken so many supplements. If we did a supplement talk, we could do a supplement a day, every day for a whole year. And there'd probably be a new supplement. Like every time be like, all right, let's talk about this today. And most of them are not worth it. Right. And I'm working with a young athlete now. uh, And he's a baseball player that wants to gain weight. And his dad has just been like, I want him on creatine. I want him on creatine. And I was like, well, first let's look at his diet. Like, what is he eating? And he wasn't eating enough. And I'm like, we're just putting a bandaid over a bigger wound by just supplementing. Right. We need to understand what it's for, what's it going to help him with and how's it going to help his performance, not just supplement because we think it's going to help him with weight gain. Right. So the first thing is you got to make sure you're eating enough. Um, and then when it comes to supplements, there's two third party certifications I always recommend, which is NSF for sport and then informed choice or informed sport. It's changes name by whether you're within the United States or outside of the United States. Uh, so typically NSF certified for sport. So what they do, they make sure what's on the label is in the package and what's in the package has no banned substances. And a lot of people are like, so why does that matter? Like, why do I care if I get a banned substance? I'm not a professional athlete. I'm like, well, do you want to just, number one, throw your money down the drain? And the other thing is I was working with an athlete. He was working at a CrossFit gym. They were like, you got to take this pre-workout, man. you got to take this pre-workout. I had never heard of it. I'm like, send me a picture. First red flag, there was no um, third-party certification on it. Then I looked at the label, and there was actually something called SARMs, which is Selective Androgen Receptor Modulators. It messed with his hormones. It was actually like a testosterone booster. And it actually caused him to start gaining man boobs, <laughs> dark path r- reminder, right? And we had to put him on estrogen blockers because of how much testosterone was being produced from this supplement. So that's why I always make sure there are no banned substances, right? Like we don't want anyone taking anything. Number one, it's a waste of money and it can also cause some hormonal issues inside of you. So we want to make sure it's third-party tested. And now a lot of supplements may, you may see in your grocery store, they say third-party on it, but that's just eye wash uh, for lack of better wording or, or bullshit, right? We can say that yes, like, it's not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's not going to do anything because they just pay someone 
to do it. And it's not like a, a company you can trust. Most supplements get their supplements from China already. And I wish I could share pictures, but you could see like old rotting pots, vats. You see like cockroaches and ants in these supplements because they don't take care of it and they don't care. And if it's third party verified, they verify it once it comes here. But if a supplement has this NSF certification, they make sure it clears all tests of time. And that's why I only trust those supplement labels because they pay for this. Hmm. A lot of supplements, companies don't want to pay for that extra label because the average consumer doesn't know. But a lot of people are getting cockroach arms and legs and wings in their supplements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I were to show you the pictures, you'd be like, ew. Because if we go to like, let's say like a whey protein powder, it comes from milk. It has sugar. What, what do insects love? Mm. Sugar. So they're just all like, I have pictures of like supplement labs in China. That's like, full, not just China. I'm sure there's some United States, you know, not to any country, but they have like cockroaches and ants and stuff on them. And they don't care because they're just selling it to us and no one really regulates that. And nobody cares what they put in their body when it comes to supplements. It's yes. So, so let's ask, <laughs> now I'm, I'm like intrigued. I'm like, I need to take more notes. Um, so this, this omega, that. <laughs> this, this omega three brand that you recommend to Jenna or just like multivitamins in general for like average consumers that maybe not be an athlete, what are like some safe brands? And for anyone listening, this is not sponsored. So yeah. what are, be, uh, if you are listening, yeah, but it can be, yeah. <laughs> we'll send it to those brands. Send the check. Send the check. <laughs> um, the two brands for fish oils are Nordic Naturals and then okay. Clean with a K are mm -hmm. the two I typically recommend. Those are the two I really love for fish oils. And if you're someone who is vegan, um, then Brain Armor is the one that uses algae and it has a good. So what you look for in a fish oil is EPA and DHA and you want it to be as close as possible to total omegas. And what happens is when you go into your local pharmacy, so CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, whatever you use, and I used to buy them when they were on sale, right? Like two for 20, it's like, oh great, I, I heard they're healthy, I heard they're good for you. But let's say like the EPA and DHA add up to 200, but the total um, omega-3s are 1,000, that means there's 800, which is just filler product. Mm. And I'm sure now you guys see in the grocery store, there's like omega-6s, omega-9s, and all these marketing tools. It's like, that's not going to help you, right? That's just buzzwords that diet culture wants us to fall into to think like, oh, I need more omega-6s. I need more omega-9s, but we don't really understand what those are, but we need more. So always making sure that the DHA and EPA are as close as possible to that total, total omega-3. That's like the number one tip. The other thing is that you want it to be in a, I'm not going to show this because it doesn't matter, but like in a dark container. You don't want it to be in a see-through because the light gets in and it makes it rancid and that's what causes fish burps. So mm. fish burps are typically only two reasons. One, you don't have it in a container that's see-through. So you want it to be opaque or not see-through in order for it to not get rancid by light or you store it in a hot place. The reason I say that, living in Florida, I had someone store it, not on purpose. I told them to buy fish oils. They bought it. They, they were storing it in their car and they were taking it because Florida gets very hot. They would get hot and melted and they get fish burped. And they're like, Tony, why do I keep getting fish burped? I'm like, where are you keeping it? They're like, in the dash of my car. And I'm like, dude, it's J July in Florida. You know, it's like 154,000 degrees. <laughs> so, I would be... so now I'm very specific to keep it in a cool place. <laughs> so the, they don't taste like fish, the Nordic naturals. I take the prenatal DHA from them yeah. and it tastes like lemon. Yes, everyone, I, I had an athlete who was super scared to take fish oil. I was like, no way, Tony, I'm going to get fish burps. And he actually like bites into them and sucks them. He likes the lemon flavor so much. Like I was like, that's a weird way to take it. I mean, you know, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but more power to you, dude. Like, hey, he's like, yo, these are great. I'm like, Okay, you know, I'm not like going to hate. Candy. Yeah. And, on, and on this topic, though, because I do think that fish oil is a supplement that I actually do recommend to quite a few clients because I don't feel like people eat enough fish, especially um, clients that I work with either don't want to cook, which I totally get, like you don't want to cook it in your house or you just don't like it. Um, and so for active individuals as well, I know it's super important, but can who needs fish oil? I again. I mean, no you can't say like right? specifics, yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> but I would recommend it to most populations because we don't get enough fish, like you said, and it really does help with brain health. There's a lot of uh, um, research on that, also with joint health, inflammation um, too. Inflammation. Right, for that's the big big word, right? Big buzzword. Yeah. But it's real. It's a real yeah. thing. We can talk about it from yeah. a 
perspective, not from gluten and dairy. Um, and the reason is, is because we have what's called an omega index. So we have in our bodies, omega sixes and omega threes. And the one we hear is that omega sixes are inflammatory, but it's actually okay to have some inflammation. And this is where people get um, a big challenge because I had an, an athlete who ate fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they were taking fish oil supplements on top of that. And what happens is that they were having so much omega-3s that they messed up that balance that they actually started to get a nosebleed mm. because of how anti-inflamed they were. And the way to stop it, no joke, opened up a bag of chips and had them eat chips. And it stopped it immediately because those omega-6s help stop that anti-inflammatory pathway. So you do need omega-6s and omega-3s. You want a good balance of it, right? Because the other side of the, of the coin is omega-6s, which is metabolic um, syndrome, which is a whole mm. series of type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, um, high blood pressure, that whole slew of, of medical challenges. So again, it's a, it's a balance of both. It's never just one side or the other. See, nutrition is really cool. <laughs> like, there's a lot of really cool things. Yes, when there's no shame and guilt attached, right. it's <laughs> awesome. But 99.9% .9 of the people, yeah. unfortunately, can't get to this stage right. without. Yeah. But yes, it's so cool. So I want to, and this is like all selfish questions, I'm sorry. Um, so, so we got Nordic Naturals for the omegas. Do you recommend that for the multivitamin as well? Or is there another brand or is that the clean one you were talking about? So for multivitamins, I would recommend people just eating food. Yep. There's very few people I put on multivitamins. Like got it. I, only if you're some, uh, a woman who's pregnant, prenatals, obviously a hundred percent on that, preach on that. But for the average person, you probably don't need multivitamins. Um, and I have close relationship with supplement companies and they always say like, you need to like push multivitamin I'm like I'm not going to I don't take them I don't recommend them for my clients and I just don't really see the validity for them unless they have a vitamin deficiency of sorts right or a mineral deficiency like iron or vitamin d are the, are the two big ones that I typically see but for taking a multivitamin just eat your fruits and vegetables folks right love that the um I get a, this question a lot whenever I put up a question box what do you think about <laughs> green powders <laughs> I knew that was the answer, but I think I tagged you in my response this yeah. week that I was going to ask you this question. But I mean, companies are going buck wild with them. And I think it's just obviously diet culture and trappy, but you know, none of them are NSF certified, which is always my go-to thanks to you. But mm -hmm. what do you think of them? Because <laughs> no one can see your face right now. <laughs> so greens powders. I've only started someone on a greens powder because they absolutely hated fruits and vegetables. So if I can get them to start that way, to start understanding that taste and get used to it, then I'll start them with that. But I try to take it away. It's not something I want someone on forever. I don't find them effective. I rather them eat real fruits and vegetables. And a prime example, when I worked with the Blue Jays, uh, being that I'm Dominican, I knew Dominican, Dominican baseball players, I brought in Dominican food. And the one thing I told the players is like, you have to put a vegetable on your plate. The only way you get this food. And they're like, no way, you can't control that. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm the guy that brings the food, so I'm pretty sure I can. And they're like, all right, then I'm not going to eat. And I was like, okay. And then they were like, no, no, no I, I'm going to eat. I'm like, okay, just put a vegetable. They literally got the smallest piece of carrot that you could find. Like you literally could get tweezers and put it on the plate. But they ate a vegetable, you know? And that for me was a win, right? So green powder have a place if you're really someone who hates vegetables, but I'd rather you like put spinach in it, put um, uh, carrots, something if you make a smoothie of sort, not for weight loss, weight gain, or for anything, just to have your vegetables, if that's the way you like them, it's more just having vegetables, right? So you can have it, but if you can eat fruits and vegetables, go that route. If not, you're just throwing your money away. There's no research behind green powder saying like, it's God's gift to earth. Great job. I'm <laughs> pretty sure that's the marketing on it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we have to get to the million dollar question. I, I honestly forget what supplement it is, but I know oh, it's like I, your funnest fact that you throw out. Oh. What's in um, branch chain amino acids, Tony? Yes, go ahead. ECAAs, one of my favorites to talk about. I, I used to take them like all the time. Same. I didn't understand what they were for. I just heard that they're going to help you get ripped. Um, you need to they take taste. them if you want to get ripped. And I was like, no, this is not the key. They are made from bird feathers, which I don't know about you, but I would not pluck a bird to grind it down their feathers and drink it. Um, 
No, no, no one wants to drink bird feathers. I did for so long until you told me that. <laughs> yeah, most companies use bird feathers to make BCAAs or branched chain amino acids. And I think that's kind of gross. It's so gross. Can I also just tell you that this just made me think of a time when I lived in Hoboken. I probably knew Sam at this time. And there was this like little supplement shop on the corner. And I went in and they were having like this sale and they sold me because I was like super diet culture Jenna at the time. And they sold me this like women supplement that was supposed to be like an energy whatever whatever it was and I remember taking it my husband and I were not married yet but we were living together and I remember taking it and it had a ton of b6 in it mm-hmm. or niacin niacin it had a ton of is that the same thing it might be it had a ton of niacin in it and I got the niacin flush Oh, so I took yes. the my from my hairline down to my toes. I was bright red, itchy, burning. Matt wrapped. Matt had to take a towel from like the bathroom. Got it like it's cold water. Wrapped me in this cold water towel. Put a towel on my face. I thought I was having an allergic reaction. It wouldn't stop. I was hysterically crying. I marched my ass down to the place. It was as soon as it went away, and like put it in their face. And I was like, "What the fuck did you just sell me?" Like I had a reaction to it they're like that's the niacin flush that's your pump before your workout and I was like there should be a warning on this product like what do you mean like you can who can work out when like they can't eat? I couldn't move my fingers because they were so swollen like it was the most mm. terrifying experience of my entire life um that sounds like a great I, workout said I no can't one. believe my husband <laughs> married me after <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh. terrifying have you ever heard of that before a niacin flush, yes. And then I've also seen, there's something called beta alanine and that's what gives you like the tingly feeling. I had an athlete because a strength coach said, you got to take this before a workout. He had never taken beta alanine in his life. He took two scoops of it um, and he thought he was having an allergic reaction. I literally had to calm him down because he's like, oh my God, I'm having an allergic reaction. What happened? What did I take? And I'm like, it's just the beta alanine. He's like, when's it going to go away? And it took like an hour and a half for that feeling to go away. And it was so uncomfortable for him. He couldn't work out. So that's the other thing with supplements. You really need to know what you're putting in your body because it could cause a niacin flush, could cause you to think you're having an allergic reaction. It's not a comfortable feeling for anyone, regardless if you're trying to get a workout in or just go about your day. And again, that's why we want to make sure the supplements you get don't have any banned supplements because they could have some banned substances in there that could cause these adverse effects. Yeah. Another one I want to bring up because I know it's like probably the most popular supplement right now. And I remember you dropping knowledge bombs about this previously is collagen. Collagen. (laughs) I was like looking, I was like, all right, what do I need to look at first? (laughs) Um, So collagen, a lot of people are taking it for like hair, nail, and skin. The research on that is inconclusive in a sense that it's not a yes, it's not a no, but I wouldn't recommend it for anyone because you're probably not getting enough um, from a supplement because most of these pills, so the amount you actually need is about 15 grams. And most, most pills only contain one gram. So you'd have to take 15 pills to get an effective dosage. And this is, I mean, crazy. And you'd also want to make sure it has vitamin C to get absorbed. The only thing it has shown to help is with joints, tendons, and ligaments. So for people that are active, so like think about basketball or hip movements, like a lot of jumping movements, it will help with those. Or if you're uh, repaired from like a ACL, um, Tommy John, for those that know that, that will help 15 grams a day with vitamin C. However, hair, nail, and skin, not at the moment, right? Because it's, it's our most abundant protein. It's 90% of our body. However, we can get it from food. You can get it just by having enough protein in your diet. So again, going food first and then adding the supplement as that next level, but it's not the first thing you need to look at. I always tell my clients too, it's not 100% absorbable because I think you guys know by now, like I take collagen, I like it um, because it doesn't taste like anything. And, you know, for me, it was just an easy, it's been an easy way to add protein, but I always tell my clients like it's not 100% absorbable. So even when you're having it, you should be having it with another source of protein. Is that, am I, am I saying that right? Absolutely. (laughs) And a lot of people take it like as a recovery for mm-hmm. post-workout, but they should not because the amino acid profile doesn't make a full protein. So it's not a good recovery protein. That's why the effectiveness has actually been shown if you take it an hour before workouts. Um, so that's the other thing. Like you can't just take it and hope it works. Like it should be an hour before workouts, not after. Super helpful. Now this one is technically not a supplement, Ooh. but 
I saw this. I saw this on TikTok, and it just got me. Oh God! I've been waiting for this. (laughs) Do you guys know where vanilla flavor comes from? It's so gross. I looked it up because I saw it too. Okay, my mom do it. Have you, Tony? (laughs) So, Tony, do you have your phone with you right now? No, I don't. I left. My wife has it. Well, you're on your computer. (laughs) Oh yeah, correct. Yeah. So go ahead and pull up the good old interweb. And go on Google and Google, where does vanilla flavor come from? Vanilla. Oh, look at that. Came right up. Let's see. You go ahead and read it for us. Vanilla comes from the pot of a tropical. That's probably not what you want me to read, huh? Mm, No, that's extract. Yeah, we're talking about flavor. Yes. That one. From beaver? From From the the anal anal glands of a beaver. (laughs) Perfect. So, uh, if you're a big uh, Cardi B or Nicki Minaj fan, if you're an ass eater, then perfect. You can have as much vanilla as you want, right? Yep. Do the groceries, right? Eat the booties like groceries if you're a big vanilla fan. <laughs> uh, if, so, if you go into someone's house, they have a lot of vanilla. You know what, what they like to do? Your anal glands. That's it. <laughs> like, I, how is that real? And then somebody asked me the other day, they were like, so is it not vegan? And I was like, I guess not. I think I saw Claire Tuning posted her reaction, like when she Googled it, like her face. And because of course we all know the vanilla bean and vanilla extract and like natural vanilla, but I guess from like vanilla flavoring. So she was saying like, I don't know if it was her or someone else was saying that their favorite Christmas drink is ruined with like the vanilla flavoring. But I'm like, yeah, who's sitting there being like, I'm going to go dig up an anal cavity of a beaver and see if this tastes good. That's what I was thinking about. Who's the first person to be like, hey, you know what I want to do? It's Friday night. Things are getting a little bit weird. (laughs) You guys want to go eat beaver butt. You know what? Not really, Jack. You know what? You go tell us and we'll kind of sit here on the campfire. Yeah. I think the other like crazy thing though, I mean, this could be a whole nother episode because I know we're winding down here, but like natural flavors. Like we don't know what that means, right? No. Clearly we don't know what that means. Because that's technically natural. Like, let's be honest, right? As natural as it comes. (laughs) Straight from the source. Yes. Yes. Well, Tony, we took this episode from body image to male vulnerability to supplements to beaver asses. And thank you for being a sport throughout the entire time. Um, If there is one thing that you could leave our audience with, besides where to find you, because that needs to come next, what would it be? Hydrate or dehydrate. Uh, No. Yes, that's your line. Uh, (laughs) uh, Be nice to one another. Show love. That's all. That's a good one. And now tell everyone where they can stalk you and find you. Uh, At coach underscore Tony Castillo or at nutritionfp, which stands for performance.com. Uh, those are the two places you can typically find me or on the comment threads of Sammy or Jenna's pages, even though Sammy won't respond to them. I'm going to make a post and I'm going to tag, Hey, this is just for Sammy. My wife's going to be like, why are you tagging another woman in a post? I'll be like, I'm seeing if she comments back. I'm not good. I set my, my social media boundaries are firm. But. I'm really crushing those. 2021 intention. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you guys for having me. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) Auto Trader.